the Bros Before Bros, the fiction podcast with two prompts, three stories, and infinite laughs. That's... That was like the most straightforward fucking intro ever. I know, I've been pretty good, right? That, I, no, I, I thought you I thought you were going to go into one of your spiels. Well, I've decided to stop that because you fucking interrupt me all the time. No, we love it secretly. <laughs> if... We love... <laughs> It's extra work for you, but I mean, I loved it. Yeah, just because we interrupt you, that means we oh, love it more. Oh, I know, I know. I mean, it's a bit... Dance right? monkey. I'm just not giving you the satisfaction this week. Oh, Do I it. see. The queen's Do the died. intro right. I'm sad. I'm not fucking sad. I don't give a shit. The queen's dead. <laughs> the queen's dead. I mean, she dead. was only, what, 96? I yeah, mean, she died 96. pretty young. Yeah, and we're like, <laughs> we're like, no, no kings, no queens, no gods, no masters. Oh. Yeah. One master. No masters? Yeah, yeah master. you guys You guys have been known for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's your motto. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you've never listened to the show before, then A, what the fuck are you listening to episode five for, you freaky weirdo? Um, and B... OCD. Yeah, exactly. And B, I'll elucidate for you. Here at Bros Before Pros, we create three... Dis- are you laughing at elucidate? Yeah, I am. Right. I'm, I'm trying to be fancy. Some kind of fucking literary podcast Look, where we read I, I stories. Like the, I like the vocabulary lesson, okay? We need to learn <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> we do. It's like Stan Lee. We write a word, we put a word in at the beginning that someone has to look up, and then, you know, we get, we get a bit... People think we're a bit smarter than we are, right? Is that what he did? Yeah, he did it all the time. He's dead too. He is dead too, <laughs> and I was sadder about that one. Yeah, that one's a little more sadder. Yeah. But also, he was like, what, like 100? And being financially abused. So, yeah, they, they really, the they took that dude's likeness and they were like, it's ours now. We yeah. own it. He yeah. created Stripperella. Mm-hmm. I remember that movie. <laughs> Came out right after uh, uh, Wild Wild West. His best work, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> remember Pamela Anderson Lee? No. Remember <laughs> I remember sex tape? I remember Pamela Anderson. She was married to Tommy Lee. Not in my fan fiction. She <laughs> I actually was never that into her. So no, nah. she nah. If she listens, I'm sorry. I don't mean to burst. She your definitely bubble. does. Yeah, of course she does. And Tommy Lee does. It's really awkward. Um, so here at Pros Before Pros, we create three distinctly delicious stories based on two absolute car wreck prompts every two weeks. True. Uh, True. Those stories are typically fantasy, sci-fi, and horror. Um, I'm your co-host, Rich Masters, and with me as always are Josh Henderson. Sup? And Jeff Pennington. What's up, fools? Um, yeah. This is our fifth episode. and we were... You're about to get red-pilled. <laughs> oh, shit. No, turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> we were randomly allocated katana and socks. Uh, and the three yeah. of us... What is wrong with you people to give us socks? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's not Christmas. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> is, that, is that what you get at Christmas in England? Socks. I mean, That's what I get for Christmas in America. Yeah, don't you want, like, socks at Christmas? It's the only I mean, time I replace honestly, my socks. Fuck yes. Yeah. Look, the older I get, the more I need socks. So. Yeah. Look, I just want the Red Rider BB gun, okay? <laughs> you shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> Yo, Personally, that's fucking you real as fuck, dude. It's true, so you will like, shoot your eye out. I had BB guns growing up, and let me tell you, <laughs> those things fly back at you quick. I uh, I wasn't allowed guns or swords as a kid. Nah. Mm. 
Well, my parents were like, said so. he's going to turn into a definitely weren't allowed nunchucks. No. <laughs> you no, weren't? Turtles weren't... Well, it was, it's a ninja weapon, and ninja is forbidden in, in London. <laughs> England, Britain, whatever you want to say. They're Why gonna, don't you just call it a Kingsman weapon? I'm going to kill the queen. Yeah, just call it a Kingsman weapon, and they'll be like, jolly good, boy! <laughs> so, Socks and Katana... The three of us picked up that uh, gauntlet, I suppose, and ran with it. Or, sock you know, gauntlet. What do they call a sock gauntlet? Uh, one of those big, thick, fluffy well, the, the socks. Foot part, the foot part of an armor is called a sabaton. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, sabatons, yeah. And you're going to give me Sounds... shit about elucidate. <laughs> Look, elucidate is for nerds. I'm talking about armor? Yeah, we're talking about D&D shit. Are you... Are you... Dumb. <laughs> Word, words are infinitely more dangerous than armor. That's oh, words Jesus. are the armor of our freedom, guys. Yeah. The pen <laughs> is mightier than the sword. Again. <laughs> the penis mightier than the sword. Yep, absolutely. Who the fuck is going first? You. Yeah. Ah, shit. Yeah, get on it, Henderson. <laughs> All right. We don't take a break here, right? I just go no, right into it. You just go right into it. You don't deserve a break. Oh, man. Jesus. I'm not even going to like get this thing moist yet. We just, I just got to go in all dry, huh? Yep. Okay. You I didn't know what the fuck You better spit on this. it, Josh. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> nice. That's me spitting on my story. Uh, I didn't know what to name this fucking shit, so I just called it Kitana. Excellent. <laughs> like K-I-T-T-N-A. You mm-hmm, get it? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. All right. Thump 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 thump. The only thing Sid could hear were hear were his two hearts beating in his two ears. What? You thought trolls had four ears? <laughs> well, they don't. Not everything is doubled. Get over it, you double dick loving perverted bitch ass bitches. <laughs> <laughs> As Sid's feet feet pounded against shingle and stone and straw, sweat dripped off his super sexy troll face. <laughs> I'm trying to make Sid like a sex symbol. Mm, it's working. You're, you're succeeding. Yeah. Oi! This way, lads! <laughs> yelled a guard. <laughs> I can smell his trolly sweat a mile away! He said again <laughs> super racistly. Yeah. <laughs> Sid was running for his life, panning under his arm, while his other arm grabbed onto a clothesline strung between two buildings. He batmaned his way onto a lower roof and parkour rolled, making sure not to scuff or damage his loot. A blur in the night. His heist of the warehouse-like building a few episodes ago didn't go, quite go as planned. But hey, he did get to see a fucking ghost orgy, so you know you win some and you lose some. Or as I like to say, you come some, you screw some. <laughs> That doesn't even make any sense. (laughs) Of course it does. Think about it. Another guard popped up onto a roof in front of Sid. Thinking fast, Sid did the classic Sid slide and went firefall between between the guard's legs. As he did, he pulled out his trusty dagger, Lil Pointy, (laughs) (laughs) with his free hand and cut the guard's Achilles tendons on each leg. Oh, not again. (laughs) Said the guard as he felt the tendons roll up the back of his legs. That's what happens. Mm. (laughs) Let's be honest. This guy never will walk again. (laughs) And truthfully, the city is probably going to throw him into a big pit of skeletons. Like the the Spartans used to do with the babies they thought looked weird. Or cried too much or whatever. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that's a real history fact and depressing. But hey, you come some, you screw some. <laughs> In one motion, Sid righted himself as few darts flew past his face. Reload, boys! A guard yelled as they stopped to reload their fucking shitty crossbows. <laughs> that rat had a gun last episode. Should probably look into that, you morons. <laughs> Secret rat technology. <laughs> it's just too small. They don't know how to upscale it yet. Mm. <laughs> it's like reverse computers, right? It gets bigger. Uh, Sid one hand left over a chicken coop, and as he did, uh, as he did so, slid the cage door open, releasing all the murderous chicken captives. <laughs> oh, I fuck chickens! Yelled another guard. Chickens and Grawl are fucking insane, man. Don't fuck with chickens. They'll peck your dick hole right off. Oh. <laughs> but it was all for naught. Sid looked forward in front of him, and there were two more sets of guards at a stone wall leading up to a rooftop, almost six stories taller than the roof he was currently on. Do- he was currently doing sweet parkour on. <laughs> Give up, thief, guard number four said. Guard number four. <laughs> Give us back the orgy painting, and we'll only cut your ha- cut off your hands, and maybe just but one singular dick, but no promises. The guard finished as he licked his lips, uh. and then I wrote a cab. <laughs> Sid clenched his sweaty chat. Sid clenched his sweat, his sweet Chadley muscle. See, it's working. Sweet Chadley And muscle. suddenly, his muscle and summoned his muscle fibers to listen to his brain thoughts for just a bit longer. <laughs> Lactic acid coursed through his veins. His body was burning and aching. He had been running for so long. If only he had a potion, or if only Ugla was here, she could buff him with some with some cool spell or show him her boobies. <laughs> that would be sweet. <laughs> The best buff. <laughs> or maybe he should buy some Daranosi and fine china white. Should he start to do cocaine? <laughs> he sprinted toward the guards. Oh, boss, guard number five said perplexed. <laughs> Shoot him down, yelled guard number four. As he yelled, Sid launched himself into the into the air like Michael Jorkton. <laughs> 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 As he reached the towering stone edifice, I said edifice, that's a big nice, word. Nice. Five dollar word. In front of him, he straight up Spider Man ran horizontal style up the wall like I did to your sweet mama's sex cave last <laughs> night. <laughs> she really puts the whore in horizontal. Excellent. <laughs> Reaching the zenith of. Uh, of which his tired of which his tired legs would take him, Sid leapt forward, kicking off the wall, and gracefully did a fucking mad sick flip, <laughs> mad sick flip in the air, while he buried his dagger into guard number four's eyes, killing him instantly, <laughs> and ensuring his relatives would have to have a closed casket, <laughs> just the Whoa. way Sid liked his funerals. <laughs> in one motion, Sid roundhouse kicked the other guard in the face, sending him to the ground with a broken neck. Like, this dude's neck was spin me right round dead or alive style, dog. (laughs) Bet you thought that song was by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Yeah, it's not. I looked it up. Nice. Factually correct. (laughs) As shooting pain struck like magical lightning through Sid's shoulder. uh, Wait, sorry, that's a really bad sentence. As As a shooting pain struck... Like magical lightning through Sid's shoulder. The fuck? He thought to himself. 
The force of an impact spun him in the opposite direction of the hit. As he turned in slow motion, he saw a mage who did, in fact, shoot him with magical lightning. <laughs> Magic lightning, my only weakness, Sid said, full knowing well he had many weaknesses. Stab wounds, fire, undercooked pork, peanut allergy, and commitment were some of the others, just to name a few. <laughs> Sid stumbled over the side of the building. He fell and fell. It felt like an eternity. His daggers were gone. Little Pointy stuck into guard number four's eye socket, and his other dagger, whose name I do not remember because I made it up like eight years ago, (laughs) dropped from his hand when he was struck. (laughs) Also factually correct. (laughs) That was really long, I remember. I remember that. I wasn't going to go look it up because fuck that. You've got time to rename it now. Ah, well, just wait for the story, Rich. Oh, okay. The continuity sorry, sorry. police are going to be all over this. Just wait for the story, buddy. <laughs> I know you're six hours ahead, but you don't have to be six hours ahead in the story. <laughs> he still held on to the painting, though. This job wasn't over yet. Crash! Sid hit something. He wasn't lucky enough to hit a passing hay cart. No. Nor was he lucky enough to hit an awning like in the movies. You know, when the stunt people just fall through awning after awning. Like, save some awnings for the rest of us. Jeez Louise. (laughs) (laughs) The air left Sid's four lungs for a second as he gasped, panicked for air. As he sat up and regained use of his diaphragm, all he could say was, Ow. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out Sid crashed into an all-sea booth. (laughs) (laughs) But but why did it smell like like shit? Turns out Sid crashed into an all-sea booth someone using was an all- as an all-pee booth. (laughs) And an all-poop booth. Grawl. Gotta love it. The Big Bapple, they call it. (laughs) And then the Night Court theme played. (laughs) (laughs) But it was on a loot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Jeff, hold- I mean, other Jeff- (laughs) Wait. You're getting ahead of yourself. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're doing great this episode. Did I just get demoted? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying on continue how, like, I since there's three yep. people in my life all the time, I constantly use the wrong name. <laughs> so you just become the other person of the name I use. Yes. Oh, you're Riff. just like Pop Pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus, nobody uses all C booths anymore. Not after the eyeball came out. Anyway, (laughs) the guards from above began shouting more orders as Sid slowly limped away, then managed a half-hearted, limpy-ass run as he slipped into an alley and made his way out of the city. As Sid reached the forest, he began to look around for the telltale signs that every cool thief knew to look for. Hobo sigils. (laughs) There on a stump was some graffiti scratched into the bark. For a good time, call your sweet mom, (laughs) whose sex cave I glazed over last night, you fucking little bitch. Nope, that wasn't it, but he remembered the eyeball number. (laughs) There, on another nearby stump, he saw what looked like an arrow that had been carved carved over with an 8 equals D, with the words (laughs) this way crossed out that now read, Dick's way. (laughs) The classic thief mark for a safe house. Dick's way it is, Sid chuckled to himself. Classic. (laughs) 
soon he arrived at a dilapidated cabin. It looks like it looked like nobody had been there in quite quite a long time. He crept his way in. There was a single candle on a shabby table, a bed, a fireplace with tons of weeds growing out of it, and a barred up window. Hello, stranger. <laughs> Sid reflectively grabbed, reflexively grabbed for his daggers, forgetting that he had lost them on the rooftop. Little, pro- little pointy, probably still stuck in that guard's face hole. A blue flame <laughs> arose from the candle and turned into a little blue, f- little flame-faced elemental. Please use your thief's union signet ring to use this safe house facility. <laughs> the elemental said calmly. Hold on, hold on, Sid said as he rummaged through his various sacks and purses and coin baggy things. <laughs> You have 30 seconds to produce your ring, the elemental urged on. Hold on, hold on, Sid, st- said, Sid said, still looking for the ring. You have 25 seconds to produce your ring, or I will burn the flesh off of your bones. The agony will be so extreme, it will surely follow you into the next life. You will beg for death's mercy as, you, as soon as you're reborn. <laughs> the elemental said, smiling. Got it, Sid exclaimed as he slid the ring on and found the socket next to the candle on the table. He turned the ring. Thank you for using Safe House Industries. We hope you have a lucrative stay, said the (laughs) elemental. (laughs) Suddenly, the old cabin's interior shifted. The bed was made perfectly. The fireplace lit up with a bright, warm, welcoming light. The table with the candle produced food and sweets and meads. On the exterior, plants and leaves and vines... And trees grew up all up around the cabin, concealing its presence from any passers-by. Your mama's going to love it here when I sex her good when you're away at college. Remember to wear flip-flops in the shower. <laughs> so, I don't know why that's, that's good funny. advice. Yeah. <laughs> the lighting dimmed and Sid could smell ginger. Ugly used to smell like ginger. <laughs> Damn Sid took bad. the bad. Yeah, well, something's happening there. I don't know what. <laughs> maybe, maybe Rich knows. Would you like to tell us, Rich? Oh, no, uh, <laughs> no, I'm alright. I'm, I'm still getting fired. <laughs> I do know, but I'm alright. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. Somebody's got to know. Can you please tell me? <laughs> Sid took the painting in his good hand and propped it against the wall. He laid down on the bed, and sleep took him. Tap, tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. Shut up! Sid reflexively <laughs> yelled, still asleep. <laughs> tap, 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 tap. As sleep took him again, Sid saw only the blackness of the inside of his eye flaps. Mew! He heard. <laughs> mew, mew! Shut up, I said! <laughs> Sid yelled into the void. Out of the darkness, two piercing green eyes blinked into focus. Mew! As quickly as the eyes appeared, they vanished, now replaced by fire. The whole world was fire. Meow! He heard screaming from the distance. This Mew was much more manly and much bigger. He knew this Mew. It pained him to hear this Mew. Sid shot up awake. Cold sweat poured off of his sweet Chadley face. (laughs) On On his chest, a black void with green eyes sat purring. Mew! It said, licking its paw and cleaning its whiskers. How did you get in here? Sid questioned as he pet the cat's side. It replied. <laughs> Sid shot up awake again, sweat pouring off his still Chadley face. <laughs> I am so fucked up right now, he said to himself. But again, he heard it. Outside this time. Mew. Sid grabbed his pack and opened the cabin door. The camouflage gave way, 
and he was again in the woods. In the distance of the darkened woods, he heard the mew again. Green eyes blinked out from behind a tree some distance away. Wait, Sid said. Sid whisper yelled under his breath. The eyes blinked out. Where are you going? Sid asked as if the cat would respond. As the green eyes peeked out from another tree this time, much, much farther away. How did you... Sid began. Sid pushed back the leaves of a very large hedge bigger than your mama's sweet 70s bush. (laughs) And before him stood a cat. (laughs) Mew, it said as it turned into into the darkness. Sid squinted to see what the cat was looking at, but it was hard to see a BBC at night. But there it was, a big black cave. (laughs) That's genius. (laughs) You want me to go in there? Sid asked, looking down. The cat only responded by rubbing himself against Sid's leg. All right, but this doesn't mean we're friends. (laughs) Sid stepped into the dark, and his new friend followed. In the darkness, Sid could hear a voice and see a faint din of fire deeper into the BBC. (laughs) Man, who wrote this shit? (laughs) He could barely make out the words being spoken. No, not spoken. Sang? Someone was singing. Then he heard the telltale sound of a lute being plucked. There you go, Rich. Thanks. I knew. (laughs) I know you did. As he inched closer, he hid himself behind a rock that looked like a giant titty. Oh, shit, I'm hard. Hold up. (laughs) Lightning crash and old mother dies. (laughs) Our intentions fall to the floor. The angel opens her eyes. Pale blue colored eyes. A discordant sound sprang from the lute. Wait. Wait, said a really dorky voice. <laughs> Sid saw him readjust, readjust his terrible fingering and start to play the tune again as his new friend, the black cat, poked out from behind the titty rock and <laughs> mew. Socks, said the loot nerd. You're back. Oh, and you b- brought a friend. Suddenly, the nerd whipped his hand and a blue ball of energy shot out. It slowly crawled through the air and stopped over Sid's hidey hole. I see you. <laughs> Sid stood up Oh, a thief, said the loot nerd Well, let me introduce myself I'm Mizrad the Big Dicked (laughs) And I am in the business of creating an enchanting, magical, slightly gray market Totally not black market weapons (laughs) I see you've met Socks Uh, yeah, loot nerd, I'm not calling you that name (laughs) <laughs> Why do you call him Socks? Sid said, looking at the cat. He's completely black. Uh, yeah, he's wearing black socks. <laughs> at this, Socks jumped onto Sid's shoulder and purred. Well, thief, let me show you my wares, <laughs> Wizrad said. With a flourish of his small, tiny hand, <laughs> a rack of weapons sprang forth from behind a wall panel. There were maces, shields, flails, whips, chains, handcuffs, smack a little booty up in my belt to scream help. (laughs) I see you are without weapons. Perhaps this one piques your interest. Wizrad grabbed a sword from the rack. Its yellow color shone brightly. As he pulled the sheath, there was... As he pulled the sheath of... Oh my god. As he pulled the sheath of the... The sword, uh... 
a bright yellow light shone. Jesus Christ, I wrote the fucking shit out of that. <laughs> you made it. That's all that matters. I did it. I think you just wanted to say sheaf three times. I did. Mm. I like that word. (laughs) This one name is Corntana, on account of it being imbued with the power of corn. (laughs) (laughs) Wizrad emphasized as he raised the sword above his head. Wow, amazing, Sid said, dripping with sarcasm. (laughs) Ow, ow, ow now. Wizrad stuttered as he froze froze in in his cool pose. Now. Now wait, now, now, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Knock it off, nerd. I don't want your corny-ass corn sword. What else you got, kid? P- please, please, please help. Call for help. Ah! <laughs> Wizard began to tremble. Socks hissed. The room darkened and a wolf howled. Thumber, thunder rumbled through the cave. Sid again and again instinctively grabbed for his daggers, but again, damn farts shit, he said under his breath. <laughs> Wizrad's skin to begin to jaundice. He let out a corny, a cornly howl. <laughs> Everywhere on his body, corn leaves began to sprout. Rocks from the cave began to crash down onto the cave floor. Wizrad grew in size and girth, except for anywhere that counted, like his dick and muscles, but mostly his dick. That shit was still small as fuck. <laughs> Suddenly, all that stood before Sid and Socks was a giant corn monster. All right, Wizrad, that's pretty cool. Yeah, neat, <laughs> Sid said, trying to remain positive and cool-headed. I am no longer Wizrad, the beast said. I am Husk. Nice. <laughs> With that, Husk drew his corntana upward and swept down at Sid and Socks. Socks leapt from, leapt from Sid's shoulder and hissed and scratched. Cats fucking hate corn. <laughs> It's true. Did you ever put a corn cob yeah. in front of a cat, dude? They hate it's that. It's like that they think it's a snake, don't they? Like with cucumbers. Yeah, they think yeah. it's like some kind of weird thing. That's so weird. <laughs> Sid artfully dodged the clumsy, oafish, small dicked attack, even though he still was somewhat injured. <laughs> Sid posed up like a karate man, centering his big dick cheek. <laughs> <laughs> he was fighting a corn man. Growl, baby. The big battle. And then the Miami Vice theme played. <laughs> Jesus. This is going to cost Stop. a fortune to get the rights to I know. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> Socks mewed. It's okay, little guy. I'll protect you, Sid said. Socks jumped up on the Sid's arms. But as, he, but as he did, Socks bit down hard on Sid's blue troll skin, drawing red blood. Ow, fucker! Why'd you bite me? <laughs> Sid yelled. Suddenly, Socks' green eyes began to glow. Not like when they were in the woods, but like his eyes were like a laser Zep concert, and they just started playing Black Dog, and the dude in front of you just straight up whips out a bong. How'd he get that into the venue, you think? But then you get so secondhand stoked, you start to see, you start to see green laser eyes, just like that. Socks mewed and himself began to transform, the blood dripping from his cutie mouth. His body transformed into a sword! A blood sword. Black obsidian and harder than my dick on prom night. Unbreakable, (laughs) some say. And not too big, but also not average in size. I'd say above average, really. Probably in the top 98% of swords if I had to guess. (laughs) The black blade reflected all the cornly yellow light that was emanating from Husk's corn aura. Husk again swung slowly. This time, Sid blocked the, with the sword. Or socks. Or sock sword? <laughs> Clang! <laughs> the, 
the reverberation of the clash knocks Sid back across the, the cave. Husk laughed. Here, kitty, kitty, he taunted. <laughs> Sid closed his eyes, and again he saw the eyes. The green eyes. Mew! Sock screamed directly into his brain. What? You can do that? Sid said to the sword. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, the sword began to, to glow. First brick-colored, then red, then bright orange. It was getting hot. Well, if we're going to die, might as well go out high, is what I always say. <laughs> Sid pulled out a giant spliff and put it into his mouth and lowered his spectral glasses. Hey, corn boy, Sid yelled at the giant corn monster. Suck my cob! <laughs> Socks burst into flames. He was a flaming blood sword. Sid lit his spliff with the flames, then extended the sword... Focus firing a, a face-melting beam at, of fire at, at Husk. Upon seeing this, the god of metal played his sick double guitar <laughs> solo with all four of his hands and double-tapped so fast and made the angels come their white-ass stupid robes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the wolf from earlier howled again, then was immediately vaporized by the heat, or maybe from the guitar solo. <laughs> Where the wolf once stood, now only flimsily stood a skeleton of a wolf <laughs> that was now a skele wolf and fucking put on some wraparound shades and howled like nothing even fucking just happened. <laughs> Shucks! Husk yelled as he burst into flames, instantly becoming... Instantly because, instantly because corn is fucking flammable and stupid as fuck to make a sword out of. <laughs> All the corn on Husk's body began to pop, and soon the cavern was full of popcorn like at the end of Real Genius. <laughs> Husk was gone. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows that one. It's a good movie. Husk was gone. Socks transformed back into his cat form, and Sid lift him in, lifted him out of the popcorn. You're fucking dope, dude, he said as he kissed Socks <laughs> on the head. Suddenly, a rustling of, of popcorn began. Sid readied himself, but... Out sprang Wizrad, seemingly back to normal. He coughed up some popcorn. Did I do that? <laughs> the end. Uh, <laughs> fuck, I just want to take one quick second to thank Josh for having the corn monster yell shuck. That made me... Shucks. I was trying not to laugh while you were talking so hard, but I couldn't help it. I was deep into this corn stuff. I don't know, man. <laughs> that was so good. genius. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's but, dumb as shit. But that's the joy of it. That's I fucking the joy. I love so that story, good. man. Holy uh, shit. Uh, uh, the cat's pretty cool. Yeah, the idea of a, cat, a cute little kitty cat turning into a fucking flaming genius. blood sword is the tightest shit I ever heard. He's yep. like a familiar. Yep. So now, yeah. now our boy Sid will never not have a great weapon. Yeah. That's right. He's got a friend, too. He needs one after whatever happened what, with his girlfriend. Whatever happened to happen with Ugla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. R.I.P. I mean, Rich knows. Yeah, I know. I'll never tell. <laughs> He's not going to tell anybody. <laughs> Plus, because it would be rude to, to steal the thunder, right? <laughs> No, you should totally steal the thunder. It's way funnier though. No, Rich, tell us what happens if you're no, so tell fucking us what happens, smart. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Sorry, you're never gonna know. That was fucking but incredible, Josh. It was Holy great. Shit. Thank you. It was so good. I'm glad you liked it. Thank you. We'd more than liked it, you buffoon. 
You used some <laughs> you used some fucking million dollar words in there too. For million you dollar words. Made fun words. of rich for it. Yep. Yeah. Edifice. I was just tr- I was just projecting, you know. True. Like I knew that the words were smart, and I didn't want him to think I was a dork. Uh, so. Every every time we use a, a smart word, I'm like, ah, we're so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wannabe teacher in me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Gold star for Josh. Excellent. Yeah. Finally. I mean, your stories have got progressively better every week. Yeah, yeah. it's going to take a while to get back into it, uh, but we're back. But I think you're topping it every week. You're topping the last one. Well, I have like kind of a story in mind. Like I don't I'm know. noticing there's a background story mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. I don't have so that that's at all, so don't look for it. <laughs> no, that's great, though. That's like... I just knocked something or off do That's I? like freedom. Mm. Look, I mean, Rich Look knows, for but... it. <laughs> I do. I'm the puppet master. Rich knows, but he won't tell anybody. Yeah. Rich, I'm will sn- you tell me? No. No, you work oh. out on your own, you lazy bitch. <laughs> ah, Shit. fuck. He is a teacher. <laughs> fuck. Don't miss your fiend me. Answer. Just give me no. the fucking assignment. <laughs> the answer's in your heart. <laughs> oh, super good. The answer was the friends you made along the way. There was some mute treasure. There was some mewing in that story, and for a second I thought, and then I was like, no, he's not going to do that yet. He's not. You don't know. He's you don't gonna know do what I'm going to do. No. No. Josh is kind of the wild card, in yeah. my opinion. Every every time I think I know where the story's going, I'm like, no, I don't. I don't really. It's kind of fun to play with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, It's kind of fun to have that in my back pocket and be like, well, is he going to do it? What's yep. he going to do? Yeah, because I know everyone else is thinking that as well, and I'm kind of like, well, if everyone else is probably thinking it, then it's probably not going to happen. Your way to cock tease us. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's good. good. Burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> Uh, Suck my cob, Jeff. Wizrad had. Uh, <laughs> Wizrad had big uh, Wallace Shawn energy that I enjoyed. <laughs> really, I could not picture anyone but Julia White, and I was proven correct. <laughs> yeah, that one was for Jeff. I knew. That God, that I loved good. it so much. <laughs> I love ending on like just a non sequitur. Like, <laughs> um. Should we take a break and then we'll go into Jeff's story? Yeah! Works for me. Okay. Well, listen. Listen to this music, you fucks. Bye! We're back. The Queen's still dead. Everything's all right. (laughs) You you wouldn't fucking believe it because, like, every time I turn the news or the radio on... Yes, I listen to the radio. I'm an old man. Um, There's something about the fucking Queen, and I am sick to death of it. Well, you guys have, like, what, like, three channels over there? Yeah, (laughs) well, like, five. You got, like, Sky News, and you got the porn channel at night. I know that. (laughs) 
five terrestrial channels, and then you have to go for like the equivalent of cable or whatever. I would listen to the radio too. Ex- yeah, you have extraterrestrial channels <laughs> in England. <laughs> wow. No. No. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Way to get my hopes up and then dash them. <laughs> um, this is part two. Uh, we're going to go with Jeff's story now. Um, te- weave us a tale of swords and linens, please. Oh, great. Yes, knit us a sock. <laughs> this was a great prompt, by the way, whoever gave it to us. <laughs> Katanas is good, but socks... Anyway. Uh... <laughs> The title of my story is A Stroke of the Blade. Oh. You can't sleep here. This is a library. The shrill, hateful words of the librarian echoed off of the books and glass cases that surrounded the old mahogany table, piercing the ears of the very few late-night patrons of the municipal library and setting their teeth on edge all at once. Is this a night court story? <laughs> Pavlov Flinch rolled over and peered through the blurry haze that sleep had pulled over his eyes, letting out a long, hoarse yawn in, repl- in response. He was laying directly in the middle of the table, using several opened <laughs> atlases as a blanket and a copy of the Bible as a pillow when he was so rudely interrupted. It is a soft book. Look, lady, I'm sorry the library foreman doesn't pay you enough to shop at your own library, but I was almost at the good part of the dream where the One Direction dude reveals he's actually a woman, so all my urges are okay. And then we buy a one-way ticket to Bone Town. Could you come back after I've at least got to the wet part in the wet dream? Library foreman? The librarian stuttered for a moment before regaining her composure. Look, sir, either you read a book like a civilized person or I'll call the cops and let them throw you out for me. I'll even tell them you once went to a protest to exercise your constitutional rights. (laughs) Cops hate other people's constitutional rights. Damn. Fine. Fine. You sound like my mom. Or the next door neighbors, the Matthews. Or, or the staff at the Waffle House on 7th. That's I'll a rowdy pick, one. I'll pick up one of your disgusting books and read it if you'll fuck off and eat shit. Flinch made air quotes around each of those phrases, but continuously. Like he didn't even really know what air quotes were. Jesus. I fucking hate this guy. I don't give two fucks of a shit. Just don't jizz anywhere, the librarian said as she walked away, contemplating how she got to this point in her life. (laughs) Good advice. Classic librarian speaking. Was her mom really right after all? Should she have settled down with a nice man with a good job and made a family? Had she really missed out on everything that life had to offer just for this? Well, her mom was dead as fuck, and she wasn't, so score one for librarian. <laughs> which isn't actually her name, but I'm not taking the time to come up with, with one for her, so fuck it. <laughs> and also, fuck her mom. What kind of 1950s-ass leave-it-to-beaver shit is she peddling anyway? <laughs> this story is set in the present right now, so her whole steez is just as horse shit as you think it is. <laughs> Flinch searched the shelves nearby idly, not really taking in any of the titles, but instead thinking about how he had dropped his sandwich when he was running from the Matthews' new Rottweiler. 
Had they gotten it to keep him out? No, it couldn't be. The Matthews <laughs> loved him, and he loves the Matthews, especially their hot tub. <laughs> God, he Dude. was going to miss that sandwich, though. <laughs> Eventually, he noticed a large leather-bound book sitting on a shelf by itself under an imposingly large glass case. He picked it up, feeling the heft in his arms. It reminded him of that time he'd been asked by a passerby to hold their baby for a moment, except he held onto this book the whole time this time. <laughs> we have two stories that have uh, involving baby neglect and or murder. True. He, he squinted his eyes in the dim library room, lit only by several small gold lamps that littered the tops of tables here and there. Except, of course, for the one where he had dreamed a beautiful, completely heterosexual dream one earlier. <laughs> the title of the book he held in his hands was The Tale of Tachibana. There wasn't a name anywhere on the book besides that one. No author, no publisher, no nothing. Flint shrugged and set it on the table and slid into one of the chairs underneath it. At a third grade level, he began to read. <laughs> That's pretty high. The blood moon hung low in the sky over the countryside, dyeing everything its light touched a sanguine scarlet. The wind swayed through the thickets and the leaves, meeting the incessant tones of insects amongst the thrush to create a symphony of night. The pathways were clear by this time, well past the setting of the sun, and long beyond the time when normal folk had laid their weary heads down to rest. But still, the old samurai pressed on. Or perhaps it would be more accurate to say the old Ronin pressed on. Hmm. Tachibana had once served a lord whose name no longer mattered, nor his legacy, as it had all burned to the ground in the fires of war. Lord Librarian. Now, <laughs> now he served no one but himself. He had learned the lesson long ago that the only thing in this world that could be relied upon were his own wits and his sword arm, and he lived by no code beyond that. Yes. At his hip hung loosely a scabbard of finest sandalwood, enwreathed in velvet and inlaid with gold. Within wow. it, snugly fit the instrument responsible for the future he desired to cut from the countryside before him, and the past written in blood behind. Yes! You know that, 147 Josh. bottles of beer on the wall, 147 <laughs> bottles of beer! Hiroshi screeched, bouncing up and down in a small circle around Tachibana, his arms <laughs> outstretched and eyes closed. Jeff wrote an anime this week. Ugh! Screamed Tachibana, his hands dragging down his own face in frustration. <laughs> Hiroshi was technically, for all intents and purposes, Tachibana's apprentice. But in all actuality, the young idiot was simply another burden placed upon him by poor decision-making in the past. <laughs> you see, little Hiroshi had burst in while Tachibana was hilt-deep in his mom's scabbard. <laughs> and, and the only way to stop him uh, screaming bloody murder was to explain to him that it was some kind of ancient apprenticeship ritual. <laughs> and that stuff his mom was cleaning up afterwards was... Apprenticeship juice. Oh my god. His real mistake was falling asleep that night, for when he awakened the next morning, Hiroshi's mother had long gone, leaving behind a small note that simply stated, He's your problem now, you limp dick fuck. <laughs> I mean, how limp dick could he be? He made apprentice juice. T Tachibana's dick was never limp, but he supposed the note was for him anyway. <laughs> 
You take one down, you pass it around. 146 bottles of beer on the wall. <laughs> oh my god, I hate this guy. Hiroshi Catterwald, <laughs> back in the present of this past tale, and not in the past past that the last flashback was set in. You get it. 146 <laughs> bottles of beer on the wall. 100... Tachibana slapped his hand over Hiroshi's mouth, stopping the song in its tracks, his eyes red with the fires of hatred. Will you shut the fuck up already? You've been at it for hours, and I promise you if you don't stop, I will kill you. You're just killing them. It's like fucking ancient times. No one's even gonna know. Aw, Tachibana sensei, you never kill me. You love me just like a father does. Hiroshi beamed with pride once his mentor had removed his hand. (laughs) I've never felt love in my life, Tachibana said emotionlessly. (laughs) Yeah, I hear that. (laughs) Ha ha, you're so funny, Tachibana sensei. Hiroshi giggled, but stopped when something caught his eye. He pointed down the path. Look, Sensei, a shrine. I almost thought about a titty today. We should pray away our filthy, filthy sins and repent before a higher power. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Look, you little fuck, Tachibana began. (laughs) But Hiroshi had already taken off down the path at a full run. It wasn't that Hiroshi was just annoying. No, it was far worse than that. From the moment he had porked this kid's mom into oblivion and back... (laughs) Tachibana had never once scored. Oh my oh god. god. Every time he was unsheathing Tachibana Jr. and getting ready for Fucksville, Hiroshi would bust in with a pinwheel or a frog or some other stupid stereotypical <laughs> shit for a kid to get excited about. A pinwheel. And the lady would dry up like a fishing hole during drought season. Oh. Hir- <laughs> Hiroshi was a living cock-blocking, illiterate to the point of not even knowing what letters are, curse on his life. <laughs> I like how that's like one of the things he finds offensive about this kid. Oh boy, Can't religion! Re- Hiroshi shouted as he ran up to the small shrine, situated by the road and dropped to his knees, clapping his hands together in front of him. The shrine was incredibly old, to the point that Tachibana couldn't really make out what any of the lettering upon it meant. It wasn't kanji, but something much, much older that was scrawled in peeling, tattering red pigment upon the seals that pockmarked the shrine from top to bottom. He looked over them for several moments before giving up trying to figure out which deity the shrine was in honor to. Hurry it up. We need to get it to the next town before daybreak. Wait, Tachibana-sensei. Aren't you going (laughs) to pray for absolution for the heinous sins of the flesh we all wallow within as mortal shells? (laughs) What? Tachibana said, looking back at the kid bewildered before shaking his head. No, I don't give a shit about any of that. I have rivers of blood at my feet for the things I've done, and there's no penance for that. Not that I'd even care to. Ah, come on, Tachibana-sensei. Repent and flagellate. Repent and flagellate. (laughs) Kill him. Kill him. Hiroshi bobbed up and down to the clearly religiously anachronistic repetition of his own words. (laughs) (laughs) So fucking smart. (laughs) Before standing back up and running in a circle around Tachibana once more, for the one millionth time since the Ronin had last gotten laid. (laughs) Repent and flagellate! Repent and flagellate! Tachibana stood stock still, his blood boiling in his veins, his head bowed down low. The boy encircled him, tugging at his obi in his sleeves with each turn around him. (laughs) Repent and flagellate, he continued, on and on and on. 
Tachibana's body shaking with a fury he had not felt since he saw the burning castle of his lord, who he had dedicated his entire life to serving and honoring above all, becoming ashes on the ground and everyone he knew inside of it. Repent and flagellate! (laughs) Tachibana didn't even notice it at first, the way his hand gripped onto the hilt of his katana by itself. The hatred boiled the blood within his veins. He hadn't gotten his dick wet in five years! (laughs) Five years! He hadn't slept a single night without the wheezing, phlegmy breathing of this little brat in his ears for five years! Oh my god. He hadn't had a moment's peace alone to even yank his own dick off in five years! Dude. The blood-red moon flashed in the silvery steel of his blade as it found its target. (gasps) The katana had found its sheath once more before the boy's head hit the ground. Oh god, his head's gonna be alive still. The penance had been paid. The guillotine had found its guilty target. And the night was suddenly silent again. For the first time in five years, the night was silent. The enormity of what he had just done hit him like a freight train as the boy's body slumped to the ground in a heap before him. He had been operating on nothing but instinct, but blind, virulent hatred, and had done the unthinkable. The unfathomable. Oh well, he continued on his journey, (laughs) whistling jauntily to himself in the night. Behind him, beyond his notice, the blood of the slain youth slowly ran in rivulets down the side of the ancient shrine. The lettering, red in pigment already, slowly twisted and warped at this blasphemous intrusion. Eventually, Tachibana came upon a town, far north of where he had left Horshi, or whatever his name was, dead body. He looked over the small tattered map he carried along with him of the region, but for the life of him, he couldn't find this town marked anywhere on his map. The nearest town was Kaiba, which was another three hours' trek to the north. He turned his gaze up towards the marker over the entrance of the town, which bore very old tattered red red pigment upon it, spilling out the name he was completely unfamiliar with. Yomiko. Something about that name seemed vaguely familiar. But he didn't dwell upon it. He was weary from his travels and desirous of nothing more than a soft bed to sleep upon. And some butts and <laughs> No stuff. doubt. Five years. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. By this point, it was far past midnight, closer to the rising of the sun than the setting, though still deep in the darkest hours. Yet the streets were alight with people moving to and fro, as if going about their daily business. Tachibana stroked his chin thoughtfully as he wandered through the town, watching the people go about their chores, but also slowly. A miller turned the crank to his mechanism, grinding the milt within it to grain, but only idly, his eyes downcast and his arms moving at a snail's pace. A woman hung clothing to dry on a line, but she continuously stopped to hold her stomach, as if trying to fight away a stomach ache, perhaps? But she still Uh-oh. moved so slowly. Mm. An old man sat upon a seat in the storefront, turned from the street, and idly drinking from a small gourd without a hint of alacrity in his body. Tachibana rubbed his eyes a little, feeling a sense of unease gripping him deep within his chest, but he blamed it all upon the exhaustion in him. Perhaps he was simply perceiving everything at that pace he himself was moving at in his hazy-minded <laughs> sleep deprivation. <laughs> nice. 
keep in great. keep in mind this dude decapitated a teenager like two hours ago. You'd think he'd be more concerned about that, but whatever, I guess. I mean, I'm not. He sat eyes upon an inn, an inn at the other side of the square, and made a beeline to it. Not one person in the town even looked up at him. Not with malice or with confusion. They simply didn't even acknowledge his existence. He was inside the front doors of the inn and standing before the counter before the first person even noticed his presence. A beautiful woman slowly stood from behind the counter, holding a duster and a rag in her hand as if she'd been cleaning the floor. She smiled a weak but kind smile to him, averting her eyes constantly while addressing him. Welcome to the Yomiko Inn, Master Samurai, she said with a demure smile. Was it finally time for Tachibana to get his fucks on? <laughs> Read on to find out. <laughs> uh, thank you, but uh, Tachibana paused, examining the young woman's face as best he could in the dimly lit foyer of the inn. There was something incredibly familiar about her, but he could not place it for the life of him. She mm. seemed so close to the forefront of his memory, but he couldn't coalesce the fog within into anything tangible. Uh, well, what does it cost to stay here for a night? A night? She spoke in a hoarse whisper, her hand slowly rubbing at her throat to soothe it. I'm afraid we don't sell rooms by the single night, Master Samurai. Mm. What? Tachibana slammed his hand onto the desk between them with force, though the woman didn't react in the slightest. What kind of establishment is this? I demand to be allowed to stay here tonight. <laughs> oh, you misunderstand, Master Samurai. <gasps> she looked up at him fully for the first time. Two deep, endless voids met Tachibana's gaze. Holes where her eyes had once been, slowly trickling blood from deep within them down her beautiful face. Down her neck where a gigantic open gash revealed the spine at the back of her throat. Her this chick just got hotter somehow? <laughs> he was off the gash. Aw, <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, see you next week, everybody. Her, her, verse, her voice gurgled up through her neck now. Not the sweet and deferent tones from before, but harsh and clicking. We offer you a room to stay for all of your nights to come. Yeah. Tachibana screamed, drawing <laughs> back away from the desk. He fumbled his hand for his katana at his side, but found nothing in its place. The scabbard that hung low from his hip was completely empty. He turned upon his heels and ran out the door, screaming at the people of the town around him at the top of his lungs. A demon! A demon lives here! The miller turned to him, stopping his slow but steady cranking of the milling machine, grinning slightly as he stood from his place at the mechanism. His arm remained gripping at the handle to the churn, dangling <laughs> lifelessly as his body pulled away from it. Oh, that's fucking dumb. <laughs> A clean, severed cut at the shoulder long, long ago. The miller lurched towards Tachibana, his other arm still attached to his body, reaching out to him. A demon indeed. A demon dressed as an honorable samurai. He killed these people. Tachibana turned away, but met the gaze of the woman hanging close to dry, who turned towards him and removed her hand from her stomach. Blood began to pour from a single slash across her midsection, followed by the entrails once held within, spilling across <laughs> the sand beneath her. <laughs> she too raised her arms towards the ronin and began to walk towards him, her voice unstrained and unharmed by her horrific injury. A demon who slew any who refused him what he coveted. 
The man outside the market slowly began to stand from his chair, but he fell directly into the dirt in front of it instead. His legs remained resting against the legs of the old chair, motionless and bereft of life as his upper body dragged itself across the earth towards Tachibana, his arms outstretching towards him, his guts trailing behind him in the dirt. A demon who murdered anyone who stood in his way. Screaming and running, Tachibana went, passing by person after person who turned towards him in outstretched arms to follow. Some without faces, some without heads, some with grievous wounds, some burnt beyond recognition, but all of them following him at their pace, their voices ringing out hollow words he refused to listen to. But even he had to stop in his tracks as he turned the next corner. Standing before him, smoldering and twisted by flame to the point of being almost unrecognizable, was the lord he had once pledged his undying eternal service under. What? His eyes burned like seething, dying coals in a hearth, but no warmth exuded from them. He pointed his twisted, blackened finger towards the once-proud samurai, and his voice painfully breathed out of him like the last vestiges of lost life. (laughs) A demon who abandoned his post, who ran from his duty to save himself and damned 2,000 souls to hell in his place. What? No! Tachibana screamed, pushing past the moldering corpse of his once-proud master and charging away from him at full clip, tears streaming down his face. He ran and ran and ran, but every time he would reach the high gates at the edge of town, he would find himself immediately running through the gates at its other edge. (laughs) An unending Mobius strip of every single time. Still, he ran past the horrific apparitions, each one, he now noticed, wearing nothing but their tabby socks upon their feet, and each one (laughs) perfectly clean and untouched by the dirt and silt they walked upon. (laughs) There's your socks. I fit it in. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Hours passed, fatigue poisoned every muscle in his body, pain tore at every tendon, fire burning in every ligament, but Tachibana still ran. From one side of the town to the other, from one end of the high wall to the other end, trying to climb over here, jump through there, go under here, all the while the collective voices of the specters haunting him within the village, growing louder and louder in his ears. Finally, he collapsed in the middle of the town square, sobbing to himself, grasping at the dirt for anything, any kind of answer, any kind of escape. A demon who would murder the only person in the world who ever loved him as family. (laughs) He looked up and saw before him a young man, standing clutching his severed head under one arm, and Tachibana's own katana in his other hand. Hiroshi stared down at him with a blank, twisted, grotesque expression, hatred seething within his low eyes. Please, please, it was a mistake. I'm sorry. I regret it now. I regret everything. The miller was here now, and the woman who had hung clothes, and the man from the market, and the feudal lord long burned and buried. Even the eyeless woman who attended the inn stood over him, each of them peering down at him with revulsion in their hearts. Everything, they asked in unison. 
it suddenly became very clear who each of them were. The miller had refused to give Tachibana his millet for free, and the ronin had, the ronin had taken his arm as penance. <laughs> he must have bled to death afterwards. He didn't even stay around long enough to see it meant so little to him. They didn't have soap back then, so he's fucked. <laughs> the, the woman who had been hanging clothes rebuked his advances and tried to go about her normal job at the laundry to avoid him while he was visiting her town. He had found her at closing and disemboweled her in revenge. Wow. Jesus! The man who had been seated at the market had hired him to catch some bandits who were bedeviling his local town, but when Tajibana had been able, unable to find them, he had refused to give him up the payment anyway. He had been lobbed in half for this affront. <laughs> the woman without eyes. How could he have forgotten her? She was the woman who had taken him in after the fire had taken the castle. She nursed him back to health and had professed her love for him. The two had lived together for months, had slept together for all of it, before she announced to him that she was expecting. He had slit her throat to silence her, thrown her from the top of the cliff, and even from his vantage point, he had seen the carrion birds pick out her eyes from her corpse after it had landed. Uh, this guy sucks. <laughs> I, I ask for mercy. I will make penance. I will do anything. Tachibana <laughs> screamed, raising his hands to the apparitions of those he had wronged so deeply. You will, Hiroshi said flatly, raising the katana to the sky and catching the glint of the blood-red moon above before bringing it down. Ah! Tachibana shot up straight, letting out a gasping, airless scream into the dead of night. He found himself laying in a field, the tall grasses blowing serenely in the night's wind, the blood-red moon dangling overhead and everything as he had left it before. He stared into the middle distance for a long, long time, desperately trying to piece together the dream he had just had. The one that still disturbed him, even beyond remembrance. But he could not remember it. Whatever he had dreamed was beyond him now. He stood and dusted himself off, unsheathing his katana from its scabbard and examining the blood upon it. He had done what needed to be done to Hiroshi, and now it was free. The night was finally silent for the first time in five years. Down the road a little further, he spotted a town that wasn't upon his map. He had shrugged it off, worried more about his fatigue than whether or not his map was up to date. Something about the name of the place was familiar, and set him slightly upon edge, though he paid oh it no God. mind either. Yomiko. Why was that so familiar? The end. Oh Pavlov flinched, closed the book tight, oh. and tossed it onto the floor carelessly with an incredibly loud thump. He peered through the darkness of the dimly lit library in one direction and then the other and gathered up all of those atlases he had been sleeping under earlier, hopped back up onto the table, and went back to Sleepy Town. <laughs> Hopefully to meet that One Direction chick again and get to Pound Town before the cops showed up. In the dream or in real life. The blood-red moon hung low in the skies above the skylight of the municipal library. Oh, man. Above the shelf where the tale of Tachibana was originally held, within a gigantic glass display case, the moon's sanguine light shimmered brightly across the rusted antique blade of a katana. What? The red glint shone so brightly that it almost created a spotlight, drenching the table below in scarlet ambience, the, like blood dyeing the world red. 
It shone upon Pavlov Flinch. It dove deeply into him, and within his dream, the night began again. The end, but for real this time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but was the katana made out of corn? No, I fucked up there. It's true. <laughs> Not historically so, accurate. That was so good. Yeah, I, uh, I, I love this. <laughs> I fucking... <laughs> This is fucking Twilight Zone as fuck, dude. Yep. Yep. I love it. Yeah, I, I um, wanted to go more Twilight Zone this time. Less straight horror and more Twilight Zone. Both of I you up- fuckers told me that you had done really bad stories this week, and you fucking lied. <laughs> no, Jeff's story was the best one he's done yet. Aw, thank I, you. I think the same. So, I think, I think the so same. Good. I think you both yeah. did the best you've done so far, which sounds really patronising, but I don't mean it like that. It only sounds No, no, I know what you mean. Because I'm British. I know what you need, you patronising <laughs> British Fisher Prowse, You fucking Fisher-Price kids finally got a C <laughs> on your story. Good yeah. job. Good work, dorks. <laughs> uh, for any Yumiko, non- I looked it up. I looked it up. Would you look up your the name of the town? Oh yeah. What is it? Dream Child or something? Uh, yeah. Is Yomi Yumiko? is also the name of hell, like the hell. Uh, I thought it was hell. Yeah, I thought it had something to do with hell. And uh, Ko is sometimes like it means township or small town. Hell town. So uh, he he went straight to fucking hell to suffer forever at the hands of the people he wronged. Good. Yeah, but that that kid sucked though. <laughs> yeah, I can't blame him for that one. The others are all real <laughs> fucked up. But the, 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 yeah, the in lady was pretty rough. All that was kids rough. suck. All kids yeah. suck. You That's why the Spartans the threw him in the pit. <laughs> Look, let's not give Rich a katana. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> he said he's not allowed to have one because the queen won't let him or something. Yeah, well, she's yeah. dead now. You can do whatever you want. Oh, or king. is she? Yeah, she's not dead. They're, they're fucking carting a corpse through the whole of the British Isles. There's no way she's dead. Did they embalm it, or is she just rotting away in oh, there, man? I, I mean, she was 96, so she probably already smelled pretty bad. You wouldn't notice. Uh, I saw a picture of her before she died, and she looked she looked rough, man. Yeah, yeah. She's obviously had some sort of treatment, because she's got bruises all on the back of her hand. And yeah, the, the IV, right? Where the IV Death went. comes yeah. for us all, yeah. especially when you behead a teenager. Not me. I'm going to live yeah. forever, you fucking pussies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don't tell me otherwise. I won't. I never will. Uh, <laughs> also, some $5 words there, Jeff. Well done. Jeff, oh, yeah. you should be a writer. You should just write stories. Technically, I am. I write. No, for this I know, show. but you should like <laughs> yeah. write a book or something. Like, you guys are you guys are making me look like shit. No oh, shit. Won't have that. I'm gonna fire myself next episode. Well, look, you can't because I right. fired myself. <laughs> look, no, I am fired. To Jeff's kiss. like, great. I've I've got a podcast to myself now. <laughs> Hour and a half show. Great. Everybody will love that. Just me talking to myself. No one laughing when I'm doing a story. Cool. Look, uh, the vast majority of people are tuning into this show to hear your dumbass stories. Well, they're idiots. They should tune in to hear you guys' dumbass stories. They're amazing. Well, your dumbass story is also amazing. And eventually we'll all be published writers if things go... According to play. Mm. I'm already mm. picking out my favorite pipe to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one that, the one with the bubbles, right? Yeah, the, the, the four-leaf clover <laughs> one with the bubbles. You know the one. We have to. What we have to do is, if we do get a book, 
with all these stories in it to, to do like the author's photos and we'll do the exact same pose oh, that'd be wearing so like a good. smoking jacket and a pipe. Can we be holding like a stuffed cat or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, like just a taxidermied animal, like a fox. Smoking jacket, like, fireplace in the background, corncob pipe. Not all of us have 20 fireplaces, Rich. I don't know what to <laughs> tell you. Sorry. What I'll do is I'll take the picture and then you can superimpose you on the back sure. of it. How about that? I just think it would be really funny if all three photos were exactly the same. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, Let's do that. That's fucking great. Holy shit. Um, yet again, I stopped all talk and laughter because I was too engrossed in your story, which is... Well, what Jeff does is he pulls the fucking tablecloth from under the Uh fucking silverware, man, right? Like, like it's, like, funny as fuck, and then all of a sudden it's, like, the most horrible fucking thing you've ever heard (laughs) in your life. Suddenly you're pissing pissing from laughing, and suddenly you're pissing out of fear. (laughs) Yeah, or I'm pissing because this dude killed his lover, and she was pregnant, and what the fuck, man? Yeah, he's a bad man. He was a bad (laughs) man. I love that it didn't even face Filch. He's, yeah, he, Filch was just like, yep. yeah. Flinch. Flinch. His name is Flinch. Whatever. Filch, same Flinch, guy. same diff. Yeah, Flinch was just pre- basically pretending to read it so that he, the librarian <laughs> would go away and he'd go back to sleep. Uh, just like study hall. <laughs> uh, so he, had, he had a copy of that book and then the paperback of that book in it and he was pretending to read it. <laughs> <laughs> he was reading the... <laughs> Uh, Playgirl or some shit. I I completely did not need the Pavlov flinch wraparound, but it does uh, connect. No, it's amazing. Yeah, you've got to keep doing it. There's going to be a continuing connection. Yeah, you got to keep doing it. Oh, well done, dude. Shitty people. (laughs) Yeah, I was talking to Rich about that the other day. Like somebody pointed out that like all of my characters are just horrible, horrible people. (laughs) You're inspired inspired by real life, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, the the nerd from the uh, Eyes in the Forest story wasn't a bad guy. He was just a little weirdo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. I mean, so far, until you give him some horrible backstory. Yeah, he's, until he murders his dad He's dead as fuck, so he's not getting any more four story. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Is he, though? <laughs> he really wanted to go out with... I think the girl's name was Emily. S- Cindy Lou or something like that. He wanted to go out with Emily, but Cowboy Bill wouldn't allow it. So. <laughs> I still love that the Cowboy Bill is just this enigma in your story that I don't think I can get over. No, he's never coming back and he's never being explained. <laughs> That's bullshit. He's dead. He's not All right, J.J. Abrams, he's never coming back. I believe you. He's never coming back. Wink. Wink. Nah, he's, he's really never come. coming back. <laughs> If I killed somebody <laughs> off, they're not coming back. However, we will be back right after Whoa. this. Oh, pretty good. I know, I know, I'm getting better at this. <laughs> <laughs> We are back. Hello. 
How are you? Yeah. You can't answer. So it's tough shit. So if you're in, yeah, if I'm you're great, like, rich, yeah. great. get off, nerd. We're talking now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just go back to Twitter and follow you. Yeah, thanks. You better. Because, because you can't suggest a prompt unless you follow us. And if you don't follow us, we're, you're dead to us. I'm sorry. Yeah. You gotta follow Were us on Twitter. Are you even ever alive to us? Mm-hmm. Nah. Yeah, uh, they're joking, but I'm not. You're gonna die. <laughs> follow us. <laughs> Damn. Yep. Yep. Wait, here comes the cops coming for Jeff. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you didn't see me. You didn't fucking see me. <laughs> I didn't see nothing, man. Oh, right. Uh, my turn. My turn. With the worst story of the night. Absolutely Fuck 100% guaranteed. Fuck oh you. Oh, my God. Fuck you, you British fuck. Thanks. <laughs> this one is called Rock Out With Your Sock Out. <laughs> nice. All right. It's already the best story. I'm on board. <laughs> In the depths of space, as wide and open as your mum's legs, and as cold... <laughs> And as cold and dark as your dad's reason for leaving you, <laughs> the recovery ship, <laughs> the recovery ship lighthouse floated powerless. Inside, seven crew members stood between Tamiya Santo and her destination. With the crimson laser katana she held in her hands, oh, she knew shit. seven wouldn't be enough. Engineer Santo, you're ordered to stand down, one sneered. Tamia smiled. Stand down? You guys will all be lying down in about 30 seconds uh, because you'll you'll be dead. (laughs) Fuck, this is amazing. I've never heard a more badass one-liner in my life. (laughs) That's like Schwarzenegger-esque. You need to work on that smack talk, girl. You're making me wish I'd been dug up by some curious dog or something. (laughs) <laughs> Tamia looked down at the katana in her hand. It throbbed harder than the air quotes back massager she had brought aboard the lighthouse. <laughs> she released the hilt with the hand covered with a sock and brought it to her face. The shock shook it. Shook, the sock shook its head, somehow looking disappointed even without eyes. You're, <laughs> what you're the em- fuck? <laughs> you're embarrassing me, Hijoki, She hissed. I'm embarrassing you, the sock hissed back. I could eat a bowl of alphabet spaghetti and shit a better comeback than that. <laughs> alphabet spaghetti. What is happening? Is that what you guys call it? I didn't know what it was called. Alphabet oh, spaghetti oh. is so I, good. That's way better. We just call it alphabet soup. There you go. Which you're, is stupid. You're embodying a sweaty sports sock. You don't even eat, she whispered, suddenly aware that the crew she had recently been a part of was staring at her in confusion. <laughs> now, I know what you're thinking. How the hell did a newbie engineer come straight-age student like Tammy Asanto become a crazy space samurai with a sock puppet? Oh, I was just thinking that. <laughs> oh, wait. You're questioning my use of the word come. Well, come doesn't just mean jizz, you degenerate. It's used to describe <laughs> things that have a dual function, like a study come bedroom. <laughs> come bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, wonder no more, because we're going to do a flashback. Consider the above a cold open, like your ex's legs. <laughs> hey Yeah, oh, fucking nice. Nice. 
Tammy are opened the airlock to meet with silence, and she and her CO, Captain Hawklin, stepped off their shuttle and onto the cold derelict in full environmental suits that only smelled vaguely of the stale farts of the previous user. Ugh. Mm. The sleazy nah. <laughs> The sleazy captain came up behind her and placed a hand on her shoulder. Well done, Spanner Jockey. He had known her for five weeks and didn't even remember her first name, apparently, so this physical contact was in no way appropriate. She'd mm. considered reporting it, but the crew were all really chummy, like sickeningly so, like some sort of ugh, family. It was, <laughs> Red flag. It was yeah. odd, but Tamia had resolved to just suffer it out on her rotation and then put in a transfer as soon as her contract was up and her promotion was secure. She just had to make sure that C- Captain Hawklin knew that the derelict would be the only thing he would be docking with tonight. <laughs> get fucked, buddy. I'll head or not. To- <laughs> I'll head to engineering, see if I can get the power back up, she said. Hawkland confirmed he would head to the bridge, probably to check if the chair was bigger or comfier than his and if the deceased captain had any good booze or drugs. <laughs> Nice. Avo- avoiding Hawkland's leering gaze and resisting the urge to punch a dude in the face for the 50,000th time in her life, she was, of <laughs> course, a woman and well-practised. She jogged towards engineering. That's dark. That's darker than Jeff's whole story. <laughs> <laughs> Tammy hadn't been with the Blue Raven salvage unit for very long. Salvage always seemed a bit in poor taste, especially in the deep sectors. The reason for finding derelicts this far out was normally dumbass colonists disembarking without enough supplies, as if they'd never played the Oregon Trail, or a captain, <laughs> or a captain gone mad in the deep black and space in their crew because he thought they were space pixies, or <laughs> or some giant luminous green space creature thinking the ship was a potential mate and fucking the cargo bay into oblivion. Oh my god, not again! <laughs> you know. The usuals. <laughs> we know. <laughs> oh, yeah. But she'd been found on a ship like this, the sole survivor when the environmentals had failed and her parents had just enough time to put her in a spacesuit before they asphyxiated. After she... That was a bleak ending to that paragraph. Yeah, that joke wow. was not funny. <laughs> After that she... was not a funny joke. <laughs> where, where is the clown slipping on a fucking banana at the end of that sentence? <laughs> After she'd spent a good 30 minutes in the true engineer's style, pretending to work while she napped, she flipped the most <laughs> obvious switch she could find and rerouted power past the damaged relays from the portable generator she'd brought from the lighthouse. The lights flickered on and she gasped, but, you know, in a brave way. She rounded the panel and finally saw fully what had done for the ship's engine. A dead body lay skewered to the main panel to the rear of the hyperdrive engine with what looked like a sword hilt. As she approached, Tamia noticed the patch on the jumpsuit of the once humanoid kebab. The Blue Ravens. But that didn't make any sense. They were the first ones to, re- to report to the scene, weren't they? After calling Hawklin but getting nothing in return, the dumbass hadn't even turned his communicator off silent, Tamia's curiosity <laughs> got the better of her and she decided to pull out whatever had made her fellow Blue Raven into a mansicle. <laughs> she she realised suddenly that she hadn't brought her gauntlets so quickly removed one of her white insulated engineer socks and pulled it over her hand. Gingerly, Tamia reached a hand to the hilt, and as her socked fingers glanced the steel, hot electricity shot through her hands and her vision went immediately dark. Dummy, this touching a fucking wire. <laughs> Tamia, you freed me. She woke with a start in the med bay all alone. Dr. Banyo and his staff nowhere to be seen, in one of those ga- gowns where your ass hangs out the back. 
Dude, <laughs> fuck that shit. It's doo doo easy. <laughs> Why did they make people wear these things? Was it for ease of having a shit? Because yes. let me tell you, folks, few things make taking a shit less dignified than flapping loose fabric threatening to dunk itself in the toilet bowl. Oh, you, you pull it up into your lap, you dumbass. What are you talking about? In zero no. G? Okay, <laughs> you got me. You fucking got me. <laughs> Doc, who's the dumbass now? <laughs> Doc, she yelled to the far end of the room. Why do they make people wear these gowns? Few things make taking a shit. Be quiet, child. I fucking love this. You're gonna give us away. Under the sheet, something stirred. She took the crisp white covering in her left hand and pulled it back. And as she did, her socked hand rose to meet her. Now listen, it spoke. Her fingers inside involuntarily parting to form a mouth. Don't freak out. (laughs) Don't freak out. Amazing. Tamia looked around for the doctor, even more convinced she needed to speak to him now. A life smoking that sweet Delta 9 leaf had obviously taken its toll. (laughs) The sock looked her up and down. You're you're not mad, though yes, you'd probably smoke too much. I am the spirit of Captain Hijoki. You're going to spin me a yarn. You get it, a yarn, because you're, you're a sock, right? And, and oh, a hallucination. Tamia jumped out of bed and searched for her clothes, but they were nowhere to be found, as absent as her sanity. Rich. I'm not a hallucination. <laughs> yeah. this, this character is worse than Pavlov Flinch ever <laughs> for saying that. <laughs> I'm not a hallucination. I'm the spirit of the captain of the ship you were on. Have you heard of the clan of the Photonic Blade? Oh, please don't let this be some sort of space ontology type thing. I'm not interested... <laughs> I'm not interested in some subliminal cult pyramid scheme. Don't be disrespectful, girl, Hijoki chided her. Our race... Well, now Tom Cruise is not listening to this girl. <laughs> our race can transfer their souls into objects when near death so that our knowledge can be transferred to our descendants. Yep, yep, that'll totally t- sounds completely sane. I'm totally convinced. She nodded as she made her way out of sickbay into the briefing room in her arseless gown with a talking sock on her hand. <laughs> This is the hottest character we've talked about tonight. (laughs) Hijoki sighed. Please don't let me have transferred into a fucking idiot. Or yet, or worse, yet another murderer and thief. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You might be stress or drug-induced hallucination, but what makes you think I'd be a murderer? You think that dead blue raven was on our ship sightseeing when I stabbed him in his heart? Wait. What are you saying? I don't put much stock in stories told by a sock. Get it? Stock in. Because you're a sock, she giggled. Oh, my God. This is the worst character. (laughs) Oh, my. You seem to be an intelligent sort, so let me explain this in terms a cabbage can understand. (laughs) (laughs) The Blue Ravens aren't salvagers. They're scavengers. One of their ships disabled our vessel and airlocked my crew, ready for you lot to follow a week later and later and grave rob. I, I don't believe you, she said, stopping in her tracks. The crew were obnoxiously cute, except for Captain Hawkling, who, while skeezy, was always talking about honour and duty and all that eye-roll-worthy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what the captain has to say about this. The two walked the rest of the way in silence to the briefing room until Hijoki started humming that Menomina song from the Muppets. And by the oh time Tamia arrived at the briefing room door, she found they had begun harmonising. <laughs> Amazing. Please stop, she whispered as she realised. As Hijoki began to defend himself, a voice cut through their argument, a voice she identified as a science officer, Lieutenant Garrington. 
Why the hell did they leave the body there? Surely they realised they were a person down. According to, to Commander Latane, they couldn't end, prize Ensign Fabix off the panel. He tried to fight that samurai-looking captain of theirs with a welding iron. <laughs> this voice was Dr. Banyo. Banyo? Did I call the doc Banyo? I've got to be honest, I'm too lazy to scroll up and this guy isn't going to last much longer. Dude. So it's Realist shit. Ever. So real. You did call him Dr. Banyo. Good. Yup. <laughs> I told you, girl. Your crew are a bunch of savages, Hijoki coughed and then spat out a ball of lint. This is intolerable. I cannot be a sock forever. How do we transfer me to a new body? Darned if I know, Tammy a giggle. Darned oh because my God. you know. Yes, I'm a sock. I understand. <laughs> oh my God. Rich, you're fired. No! <laughs> Chief Engineer Hetio was next to speak. We followed the Oath Keeper? That ship full of jackasses could have bloody let us know. I wouldn't have sent the young'un over there with the captain if we had have had some bloody warning. Whole mission was a bust if we can't get that MacGuffinium out of their safe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's back. Are we going to have to kill her? That was Chell, the, sh- the ship's chef. I shouldn't have wrote that together. Ship's cook. <laughs> the, sh- the ship's chef. <laughs> was Tamia the only one that didn't know? We have to. We can't risk the captain finding about this, Hetio sneered. So, Captain Hawkland didn't know about this. Could Tamiya use this to her advantage? She stood with her back to the wall, took a deep sigh and weighed her options. What are we going to do, Hijoki asked. I don't know about you, but I'm looking out for myself, Tamiya huffed, and entered the room. Ten of the senior staff sat huddled around a centre table, where the sword was held in containment. As she walked in and sat, as graceful as she could with her ass hanging out, ten sets... <laughs> Ten sets of eyes followed her. Oh, wait, eleven. Lieutenant Quatroclops was there too. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so good. You don't have to worry about me. I'm in, Tamia declared, looking them all in the eyes, unwavering. Except for Quatroclops, where wavering was necessary. <laughs> I, I don't know these people. Who cares what happened to them? How can we trust you, Quatroclops asked, steepling fingers in front of his face. Well, I can tell you all about this. Tamiya brought a hand up and revealed Hijoki to the assembled crew. So we can (laughs) figure out how to put him back in that sword and get that MacGuffinium. Hijoki arrived around, unable to free himself from her hand. You traitor! I came to ask you for help! He's the captain of their ship. He should be able to help us get in there safe, Tamiya smiled. The comm system sounded. (laughs) Engineer Santo, please report to the captain's ready room. They turned to Hetio. The chief engineer, go, take the sword and keep it with you. Fucking thing doesn't work anyway. See if you can figure out how to get your sock puppet back inside. Don't tell the captain about any of this. She left. Hilt they in- just believed her? Why she- did they believe her? <laughs> she left, hilt in hand, keen to see her CEO. CEO, but taking a slight detour first. She- they believed her because I only have a limited amount of pages. Shut up. Oh, <laughs> that's the realest shit ever said on the show, right there. <laughs> Captain Hawkland sat at his desk listening to the classical piece Bubble Butt by the composer stroke military man Major Laser (laughs) Fuck yes and reading the old classic novel Ready Player Four Oh my god (laughs) Fuck no Oh Klein you've done it again he said before putting the book down at the sound of his door chime in Enter he ordered Captain, Tamia rushed in. The senior staff, they're involved in some sort of conspiracy. They've been disabling and robbing, robbing the ships. The captain rose, concerned about his young charge. Tamia, are you certain about this? 
Absolutely, sir. They're activating. They're actively working against your wishes to hide their activities from you, Tamia said, feeling her sock companion's relief at the reveal of her bluff. Security to my ready room, Hawklin put a hand on Tamia's shoulder, giving it a small squeeze as he smiled. We'll sort this out, Tamia, don't you worry. Nearly everyone on this ship is still loyal to me. The doors whooshed open to reveal Commander Quatraclops at the head of a five-strong team. Come with us, please, Engineer. The captain looked exasperated. Damn it, guys, I told you, I don't want to be disturbed with the details. Kill, steal, dress up like juggalos for all I care. <laughs> Do whatever juggalos you want. still exist? Oh, oh fuck yeah. Space fuck juggalos. Yeah, dude. Do whatever they you want. They fucking evolved. <laughs> yeah. They're Do it what- monsters now. <laughs> Do whatever you want to make the cash. I just want to finish this book. I've got 14 more volumes to go. Let's take her down to the brig. <laughs> Editors Good. note, if you didn't know the captain was evil for reading Ethan Klein, then I don't have anything more to say to you. <laughs> I was just going to say. I was going to say it before when you revealed it. And I was like, oh, this dude's bad news. But I didn't. If the, if the technomancer hears of this, we'll be mincemeat. Get her out of here. Tamia felt like a prized turkey on oh, Thanksgiving. And she walked as she walked down the corridor led by Hawklin, she knew her giblets were well and truly cooked. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was so stupid. It was so British, I love it. Hey, numbskull, a voice at her hip whispered. You've got a damn sword, remember? How? Tamia muttered from the side of her mouth. Put your hand on the shaft. Whoa, I've fallen for that trick too many times before. She- <laughs> Lords above, girl, hold the sword. She reached for her belt and pulled the sword off the clip she'd used to tether it. It ached in her hand, ached to be free. All its power, dead until now, came flooding through her fingers and ignited the blade, crimson and terrible and fizzing with power. It lit the hallway like an early morning club, but there would be no early hours groping, no terrible grindy dancing. Just seven murderers and a sharp-edged justice bringer and a talking sock. <laughs> this is amazing. I cannot believe you worked a sock in this well. I love this. Tamia hit her communicator twice and the contingency plan she had set up in engineering on her little detour, a cascade failure in the hyperdrive, triggered. The ship powered down and listed helplessly, the only light, a crimson light sword that was going to fuck seven bitches' days up. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and with that, our flashback is done, and the standoff is finally here. The security crew had their stun sticks at the ready, probably before there was even a threat, because even space cops are cops, and a woman with a name like Tamia was never coming out unscathed, was she? Yo, <laughs> I would just like to shake all of our hands for A-cabbing this whole episode. Three for three. Hat-trick, <laughs> baby. Hat-trick A-cab. Walk away, Tamia whispered. Let me get in the escape pod and you can keep all your arms and legs and fix your broken ship. Captain Hawklin smirked. Get her. Let's sock it to him, Tamia grinned, feeling her oh jokey shudder in disgust. Sock it to him. <laughs> Rich, that, you're fired again. It's not that, me, it's that Tamia. That reference is dated now. That reference is so dated, I bet you nobody even knows where it comes from. <laughs> It's hard to describe what happened next, but since I'm writing this story, it'd be shitty of me not to try, so I should. <laughs> <laughs> so 
something coursed through Tamiya, the weight of all Hijoki's progenitor knowledge. Fifty generations of swordmanship passed down to combine with those five crunches Tamiya did every morning. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, slow down, Tamiya. She rose on her toes, and as the first woman of the security squad ran at her screaming, she pivoted like a top, but kept the blade still and level, catching the security guard with the edge of the blade and letting her momentum skin her like a rabbit. The scavenger's flayed body covered her exposed flesh with her hands comically before realising she was dead, then slumped to the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm dead. (laughs) An explosion rocked the ship. She and Hijoki needed to get to the escape pods quickly. The next, a hulking man named Redrow, came at her head on and Hojoki instructed her to stab forcefully forward. Redrow was penetrated so deep his grandchildren at home clutched their stomachs. What? <laughs> yes, the kids mourned, but then their grandpa shouldn't have been a murdering scumbag, should he? <laughs> true. <laughs> Tamiya yeah, brought true. the blade <laughs> Tamiya brought the blade up and down quickly, cutting two more of the security detail, one man and one woman, in half and bringing one's left side and one's right side down to the floor <laughs> in a bloody heap. The two remaining halves slopped together to create a dead half man, half woman. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> Somewhere on the other side of the galaxy, the evil dark techno witch J.K. Rowling stamped her foot and sobbed as she assumed, as she assumed the attack somehow eroded her binary gender identity ideas. <laughs> Fuck you, you man. turf hack! Man, all she had to do was be rich, man. What's her problem? It's, that may be like an every episode jab. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. It's not the first time I've taken a swipe at her. No, it, it's great. Now there were three, Chell the Cook, Quatroclops and Captain Hawklin. Chell and Quatroclops came, came at them together, Tamiya backflipping out of the way of Chell's swinging pan, which donged off Quatroclops' head, all four of his eyes rolling. <laughs> As Chell apologised, Hijoki lurched forward, putting his sock mouth over Chell's and choking him with the smell of an engineer's sweaty foot. As, As Chell passed out, Tamiya slit his throat. Coating her and Hijoki in the slick blood of their enemies. Hawklin ran down the hallway, presumably down to the escape pods, as Quatroclops rallied and went to grab her. What's that? Hijoki gestured behind him. And because he was non-specific, because he had no fingers to point with, and because Quatroclops wasn't a four-eyes in the traditionally perceived smart way, <laughs> all four of Quatroclops' eyes turned independently, trying to locate the disturbance making it easier for Tamiya to jump off up and slice the idiot's head clean off. As Damn, the... he fell for the look over there move? <laughs> He's an idiot. Damn. As his Damn, head he was an off. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> As his head rolled to the floor, Quatroclops' eyes all rolled round and settled centrally, like some slot machine that paid out in blood. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, dude. She found Captain, Captain Hawklin five minutes later unable to launch his escape pod as his skills were more in the sitting back and doing fuck all wheelhouse like any capitalist CEO. (laughs) He he scrambled with the controls, unaware of Tamiya and Hijoki until her sword embedded in the side of the pod above his head. He turned to her, eyes watering and voice wavering like all misogynist man babies when you confront them. (laughs) Please, please let me go. My parents died on a ship like that one, Tamiya whispered. People like you had a hand in it. She hit the control panel to prep the escape pod and buckled Hawklin in. You're, you're letting me live, he asked. Tears of gratitude streaming down his face. 
Yeah, Tamiya said as she wrenched the katana from the wall, hearing the slow release of air from the compromised bulkhead for the remaining five minutes of your life. She ejected the escape pod, watching it fly off hissing into space. Wow, that's Damn. a fucked up way to kill somebody. <laughs> bon voyage, Captain. Now, that was good smack talk, kiddo, Hijoki laughed. <laughs> Tamiya got into the remaining pod, placed the sword, her air quotes back massager, and some other personal <laughs> effects inside, and left the burning ship she had briefly called home. Computer, she announced, getting the beep of acknowledgement in response. Tell me more about this technomancer. The end. Oh, For oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Fuck and that was yeah. great. That was a hard. I love one. this sucker. <laughs> I can't believe a sock turned out to be my favorite character. What the fuck? <laughs> Rich did... Yeah, well, he's... Dude, you were all mad about the sock prompt, but then it, Rich made it good. That's true. Ugh. Also, Rich, how fucking dare you say that this was a bad story? You've topped all your other fucking stories with this one. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure so, about that, but thank you. So there's a tech... The Technomancer before, there was, like, a flashback that mm-hmm. he... Or, like, we saw. And that was... That was, was her, I think, right? Yep. The... Yeah! The, the Technomancer... Well, the Technomancer is little Timmy Blackcrest. And a, yeah, an right. AI. And... Yeah. Timmy... Uh, the Technomancer has had a hand in every single origin story so far. Yeah, the accidentally. True, the truest villain... Yeah. Someone someone said on Twitter that um, it took Marvel. Uh, no, I think I said it on. I'm giving myself props here. That Marvel yeah. o- took ten years to create a Thanos. I've done it in yeah. five episodes. <laughs> you did it in four episodes. Well, really. true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, yeah. I'm hoping for the right prompts to come up so that I can start progressing yeah. the story on because all I'm doing <laughs> is introducing no characters at the moment. Yeah, well, yeah. Are, you, are you introducing a Power Rangers team? <laughs> essentially. <fuck> essentially. Shit. <laughs> Amazing. Sock puppets and, and poorly, poorly uh, conceived lightsabers. Incredible. <laughs> Dude, you put anything resembling a lightsaber in anything, I'm going to love it. Exactly. So. Th- there were a few specific swings in Josh's direction to get him <laughs> on board during that story. The butts, the hanging butts, the, the bubble butt, Playing major bubble laser. Butt. Taking yeah. the piss out of Ready Player One. Yep. <laughs> oh, fuck well, that, dude. I mean, if you like Ready Player One, I don't know what to say to you, genuinely. genuinely. Yeah, you probably should turn this I, show off. I've never read it, and I definitely don't want to watch the film. I've, I can let you borrow mine. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I think oh. that, that that book and that film are everything that's wrong with society. Somehow the movie is better than the book, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. stunning. Like, it's, like, amazing. It's not a good movie. It's a shitty movie, yeah. but... That book is hoy. It's meme, cu- meme culture made flesh. You, yep. you know what isn't that great story that Rich just fucking? Told. I love that. Thanks. I uh, I I finished that five minutes before we recorded. Dude, I thought I was the one running late this time. I finished mine last night, and I was like, man, I'm probably like the last idiot to write this dumb story that I got. You know? No, I, I had three others that didn't quite go. Spivsy had a good idea that he was telling me about. Um, a uh, a world where everyone fights with... Uh, if, like, the world is covered in lino and... Um, What's that? Like, What's lino? Uh, laminate flooring. Linoleum. Okay. Linoleum, Linoleum yeah. 
and um, a, a tribe of uh, samurai fight invent socks. So they're super, <laughs> super fast. And I was like, that's a great idea, but I cannot use that now. Yeah. Crystal had some idea that I wish I remembered better about, like, uh, socks on a rug creating electricity and then, like, touching something yeah. and then the electricity <laughs> brings it to life. Like Frankenstein, I, I wish, yeah. I wish I remembered more about it, but that was fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, this was um, not the easiest prompt in the world. No, I'll say no. That. What's what's no. our next week's pr- next yeah. times? Oh, prompt. We, we have oh, we've put forth the idea that we can veto one of the prompts if we all agree on it. If we all yeah. agree, okay. we can re-roll. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute. Where am I? Let me bring. Talk much to yourself, England. <laughs> yeah, you're in England. You're in. Uh, I think it's England, right? Dip shit. Uh, Don't you know anything? Or is it okay, Wales? Okay. Are you in Wales? Yeah, yeah, shut up! Shut up! I'm not listening. Are you in Wales? No, I'm in. I'm in Plymouth, which is the southwest, like next to Cornwall. I used to live in London. I was in London for like ten minutes. Mm. Well, I probably wasn't there at the at the same time. <laughs> I saw your big statue, World War One statue, and I saw yep. a girl with amazing hair. That's all I really... Oh, and I oh, found a pack of cigarettes her. in a cab. <laughs> you know her? What's Go- the fucking prompts? <laughs> Girl with amazing hair, finding a pack of cigarettes. Okay, so we have... Wait a minute, I'm rolling a number. I'm rolling a number. Okay. Nice. Trains. Nice. Trains. No! Uh, it's going to be from, tough for fantasy. That's from yeah, generally depressing. Um, Thank okay. you. And... Heist. By Jason. Oh, um, well, oh that my God. fits together. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Um, Jason is the voice of Janet Abbott on Tapon's Theory on Subspace. Nice. Just an all-around dope dude. Yep, he's great. Is um, he uh, the Jason from the Jason horror stories? Uh, yes, if that helps. Okay, yeah. I know him he's, then. He's yes. exactly him. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't get on well with Freddy, the other guy that I know. It's shame about what <laughs> happened to <laughs> <his> <laughs> <mom>. <laughs> Shame about what happened to his <laughs> Yeah, trains and heists uh, will make easy stories for people who don't have to fit a monster going boo in them. It, uh, <laughs> it's going to make three potentially quite similar stories. Perhaps. It's true. The thing mm. is, I, um, I have a sci-fi story that I want to do, that I kind of have in mind, that I could do this time, but I feel like it's going to make all our stories way too similar. Nah, so do I'm gonna it. Come up, I'm going to come no, up with a Do what you're going to do. No, yeah. man. I, do I have the chance us to do ghost back. trains, is the thing. So ghost I'm not train. passing that Oh, up. yeah. Yeah, that is a bad yeah, thing, isn't yeah. it? Don't tell us too much, though. I don't want to know yeah. about There's it. There's a um, train in it. Fuck. Well, now I don't fucking. The Witcher has two trains. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. The Bitcher runs two trains. On your mom's cold sex cave. Jesus. On your mom's BBC. (laughs) Big big black cave. (laughs) I wrote that and I was like, I'm keeping that in. Uh, I remember. Was it today you, you. Text us both and said, I just wrote Jeez Louise in a story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. This is what I do when I'm like 
second guessing everything I'm doing, but I'm also laughing at how stupid it is. Yeah. I just type it to you two and I'm like, this is the dumb shit I just did. Please tell me I'm good boy. <laughs> and then we laugh at it because it's hilarious. Yep. <laughs> Uh, We're all hilarious. We We're all, all the funniest boys. And we all have that same artist thing that we fucking hate yep. ourselves and our work. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. anyway. On that note, we'll close the book on this week's compilation. So, uh... <laughs> As we close the book. It's nice. It's a nice steel book. It's like a tome. <laughs> Big thanks to our friend Vidizen for the use of his music, uh, specifically created for our show. Uh, we love you, buddy, of course. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at underscore Vidizen underscore and find out about all his recent albums, his work, all that sort of shit. Um, yep. Josh, where Yo. can we find out more about what you do? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> 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 on, on Twitter, you can follow me at, at Henderson1983. Uh, I do a show called Continue on YouTube. You should probably watch it. It's funny. I do a show with Jeff that he'll tell you about because I'm done talking. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> fill us in on that. Uh, we have a lot of reviews on here, actually. Oh, we do. Oh. We're going to read them out. Yeah, when, oh, what was the some. last one we read? We only had three. Uh, um, you know what? Fuck it. I don't remember where we left off. I'm just going to start reading at a yeah, certain point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Screechy Hawk, five stars. Funny. Just a solidly funny podcast with some quality outlandish stories. <laughs> Screechy Hawk. Scree! Guardrail Jones, five stars. If you ever had a fever dream that seven or eight years ago there was a podcast where guys read stories to each other and it made you laugh, then this is the show for you. <laughs> Comedy? Check. Friends reading stories? Check. Sexy centaurs with big butts? Probably eventually check. <laughs> this show is awesome, and for some reason, I now really want a Reese's. Hey! <laughs> uh, we got one from Moose Drone. Keep cool on name. wizarding and more. <laughs> My heart never left Darinos. Glad to have Josh Henderson's stories again, and the addition of Jeff and Rich is a match made in the pain mines. That's a good nice. thing, I swear. <laughs> nice. We got one from Luke Morgan. Keep on wizarding. I'm so I'm... hyped to be hearing more stories of Darinos. If you're a fan of fantasy and comedy, this is the podcast for you. Woohoo! Uh, Jover the Moon, five stars. This <laughs> podcast got me pregnant? <laughs> I'd like to caution anyone who listens to this podcast to close your ear holes before these boys' smooth stories penetrate your brain and you become <laughs> impregnated with wizardly and spooky thoughts. 100 out of 10. Hey. And That's a great one. We have one last five-star review here from some other guy or something. <laughs> And it's it's uh, entitled "It's Good." Love that stories. <laughs> Amazing. Ended on a real strong, strong review. So, how many reviews we got now? We have twenty three ratings Whoa. and uh, three, six, nine, thirteen reviews. Oh man! Thank you so much. Keep doing it. It helps us. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was sick as fuck. Are we? Are we at a perfect five? 
We are five out of five stars. No Whoa. one has given us any other rating so far in 23 ratings. Well, you just said the thing about the two trains, so... Yeah, it's over now. <laughs> Party's over, boys. And also, made- for, for some reason, when you go to Bros Before Pros through the link on our website, it leads to a link where there's only one review. Weird. Yeah, sometimes it's goofy on the site. I and, don't know why. Uh, if you go through... Google, there are uh, 13 reviews, so I'm confused. Hmm. Don't think about it, man. It's just, don't even worry about it. Did I upload our podcast twice and not realize it? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you found a hack, so that's how we get more (laughs) (laughs) listeners. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I'll tell you where you could find me on the internet. Yeah. on Twitter at underscore Jeff Pennington and at jeffpennington.art, you can find my cool art. And uh, there's links to everything else I do on there and on Twitter. So it shouldn't be too hard to find. I do another podcast with Josh called M Class Podcast, where uh, we do um, sort of like recaps and reviews of episodes of Star Trek in collections of episodes that have a lot to do with each other submitted by fans of the show. So go check it's that good. out. You can find all the links necessary for that at mclasspodcast.com Rich, where the fuck are you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MastersRich. Um, I don't post much because I don't have the time. <laughs> Um, I have a suggestion. Uh, can you make an evil alternate account called Bitch Bastards? <laughs> what, <and> just, <laughs> or Bastards Bitch? And, and just like... Just harass tweet, like, Yeah, just tweet like shit that you would never say, right? <laughs> like, I mean, I uh, love the queen. I don't even think I could bring myself to do that in as a parody. <laughs> that would be really... You could do anything if you put a fake mustache on. No, that's true. This is Maybe true. I'll, I need to brush off, dust off my fake mustache and put it on before I do these sorts of things. Um, put on your fake mustache, put on your fake titties. Put on your fake mustache <laughs> over your real mustache. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Just slightly curlier one. Um, my, I have a website that's got some serious writing on it called boldlypros.com. Uh, that is mainly uh, Star Trek fan fiction. Um, I write for a comedy show called At. Oh, it's not called at fucking idiot. It's called Tapons Theatre on Subspace. You can find Calm that on TTOS. <laughs> it's you can find that at TTOS.call or at Tapon on Subspace. Um, so if you like my writing here, you can uh, go and hear a fully realised, uh, edited and acted episode of Fake Star Trek. Um, and then I do another podcast with a friend of mine called Spivzy, um, and we talk about cartoons. Um, I think we just did, uh, what did we do? Freddy as FRO7, which is something no one's ever heard of, and it was just Never the heard of that. weirdest fucking thing we've ever seen I've in our lives. Um, and we did an Ed, 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 Ed and Eddie episode, because we were doing what the, uh. what the fuck episodes. Next one, next week, we're doing Claymation, so we're doing uh, Trapdoor and Wallace and Gromit. The name like of the cheese. show. The name of the show it's is not Spivzy, by the way. Like he oh, said, it was early for some reason. <laughs> it's it's, it's Toon Hounds. Hounds. I thought I said with. I do a podcast with Spivzy. 
I do a podcast with a friend of mine named it's called uh, called Spivzy is what oh, you said. Oh, okay. The friend's called Spivzy. The <laughs> podcast is called Toonhounds. And you can. Find I was set. waiting for you to say the name of the podcast, and I was like, people are gonna go Google Spivzy. This is not the first time <laughs> on this show that I fucked up the Toonhounds thing, and Spivzy always laughs, laughs at me for it. Um, <laughs> if you want to be a part of the show, not in a literal sense, because we don't know you. Um, <laughs> who the fuck are you? <laughs> and you want to suggest prompts? Then head over to Twitter and follow us at, at Bros Capital B for Pros Pod, um, and write us a message there. Quick side note: if you prompt and you don't follow, then you're shit out of luck. I don't make you the rules; I just enforce the them. You do. What are you even rules? doing with your life? If you're <laughs> yeah, I'm following. By a third, make the rules. <laughs> True. <But I> don't... <laughs> um, it just doesn't make no any rules. sense for us to reward people who aren't following our Twitter for some mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. It it's takes a, one it's, goddamn click. It's a meritocracy or some shit. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Eventually, uh, it's going to be a paid critocracy. When yeah. It yeah. I was, I was going to mention that. We're going to sort that out soon because I think we... I think we figured out how to do it without breaking any international laws and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm just going to go and live on the in ocean. international waters. <laughs> <laughs> That's what um, you're going to say. <laughs> Jesus. Um, well, so yeah, we'll sort lines. that out. It'll probably be in a couple of weeks or whenever. You'll hear about wow. it. You'll hear about it. We'll I don't do know it. anything mm. about this. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I was going to talk to you about it after the show. Wow. Um, Hopefully, it's good news. Hopefully, I'm on the next episode. <laughs> You're both fired. <laughs> oh, shit. And I'm fired. Someone's going to get the money, but we don't know who. Um, yeah, come back in two weeks and we'll tell you stories about trains and heists. But they might not be what you think. They're probably going to be what you think. They're probably going to be pretty close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.